ice in my veins But it's a cold, cold world And you could be predator, you could be prey I was raised by the Everybody, welcome to episode number 11 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey All Southern Iced Tea, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. Hello, everybody. So good to be back. Episode 11. We're up here in northern Saskatchewan, Scotts and Manitoba in the freezing, freezing cold. But I'll introduce you to the boys right now. Jason Bossman, how you doing? Just trying to stay warm, pal. It's not easy out there, man. I don't know how the nippy. I don't know how the Eskimos do it. Fuck! Imagine the homeless. I was thinking of that, man. Holy fuck! Unreal. Um, there's a video. If you guys follow Quick Dick McDick, he's got a video. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about nippy. It's like a little nippy out there. Everything, no matter how cold. Oh, that's hilarious. You gotta check that out. <laughs> Sorry, Scott Burns with us again. Scott, how are we doing today, fellows? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Like you guys, uh, this seems to be a widespread cold snap say the least so i'm just i'm with you guys just trying to stay warm keep watering bowls thawed so animals yep. can drink and stuff but yeah unreal cold wind holy cow polar vortex full-fledged we're usually in uh maui right now me and the fam this is like you know when it's this cold outside and you're just fucking depressed and pissed off at how cold it is and then your memories on like facebook and snapchat <laughs> yeah. pop up from a year ago and it's like we were at the pool or just about to go on the golf course it's just fucking gets you even more like oh my god but i guess what are you gonna do yeah those damn memories happens every year happens every year i guess gets this cold but still is never good no no, what's your stat scott what's your stat for our american viewers what is the it's minus 52 celsius minus 52 degrees celsius works out to about minus 61 fahrenheit so I, I called Mr. Robert Lever last night. He's from down in South Texas. And I'm like, Robert, just for your information, uh, it was minus 54 Celsius here, minus 61 Fahrenheit. And the phone was kind of dead for a second. He goes, he goes, he goes, wow. That's all he could say. That's all he could say. It is. Yeah, it's legit. Like you wonder how, uh, well, you go into the oil and gas and all that sort of stuff, and there's no way that we'd be able to to live or have anything in this in where we're at in this country yeah. without. Well, oil and gas. I sure hope those non-believers in the oil and gas are milking the hell out of that unicorn piss right now because they're <laughs> going to need a lot of it to keep their place warm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, really. There's a couple good comments on social media, and I know we've heard them, but there's been even more since it's been minus 54, and that is, hey, y'all, you tree huggers out there, and think the unicorn piss the country's gonna run on it just shut off your heat right? yeah turn them off turn that'll off fi- your furnaces that'll, yeah, yeah that'll fix you that'll yeah. fix you yeah yeah. So. yeah it really comes to the forefront when it's times like these and and it you know it really shows how much we do need that in our industry and how much we fucking need to get it back and get our whole yes. country back where it's supposed to be and um get over all this crazy living that we're doing right now i know we're all gonna look back and our kids are gonna look back at this time and that's uh, just Un- unimaginable shake, shake their head in disgust <laughs> yeah, no yeah probably yeah. okay what about 
Super Bowl. Do you guys tune in? Oh, yeah. 100%. You bet. Yep. And it wasn't for the halftime show either. It was for uh, one reason only. I watched Brady and Gronk do it. Yeah. Hey, that's, were you in, uh, was that in Chicago when Gronk was on the back of the shoots? New York. Was that New the garden? Yeah. Were you there? He got, no, I wasn't there. I got hurt right before that. But he got his buddy. Well, he's got like a full entourage. The guy's a full-fledged rock star. And he was, it was kind of the same as like the Ocho Cinco thing where they're spouting off about riding a bull. And yeah. uh, PBR, obviously, like a social media type of fucking promotional deal was reaching out. And he's a monster guy and all that sort of stuff, too. So they got him to come out to the event and challenged him to the ride or whatever because he was retired. He just retired. And uh, so he was going to do it. And then I think he they told him that he probably shouldn't do that. But he got his <laughs> buddy who was, if you watch the video, it's on YouTube and shit. His buddy who's probably 250, 300, like big, yeah, big guy. Big boy. He got him to get on for him in his place. So he stood by in the shoots while this guy got on a bull, which was pretty cool about Square Garden. That's Wiped what entourages are for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wiped him uh, out. But yeah, pretty cool. Friend of the friend of the PBR and uh, yeah, all around badass student. I don't know if you guys seen or not, but he's been in, uh, he went right from there to Disney World. Disneyland. Yeah. yeah I saw that. <laughs> no people, no lineups. He was no. pretty stoked. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know what? He got two touchdowns the other night. Yeah. And uh, like, I'm not an NFL regular watcher, but of course watching that, but that is the big man and he can yeah. move like he's oh, agile. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. I don't know. How tall would he be? I don't know, man, but it, those guys, like if you get to get to meet any of them or know them, it's, it is, they are like superhumans. I remember the first time I met Jared Allen when I was um, signed with his team, when he came into the PBR and like, he, he was like a giant man his hands yeah. like everything about him was just a big man and then you watch him on the field and he was wasn't the big guy by any means you know he was one of the faster guys out Great. there yeah and i was like holy shit man you really they're yeah they're a different level of of athletes can you we were at can a you, sales meeting in Ran, with a wrangler sales meeting oh this would be five six years ago and they brought bear pasco in yeah. and uh that's like when you're you know you're looking up you know, I'm not a small guy at six foot, you know, 215. And I was like, I'm a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, like he is, yeah. he, he's massive, man. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine crouching down at the line to like, yep. for the next snap and having all those big bastards looking at you? Oh, rip your head off. Yeah. I went to a shit. rider game, uh, old, old Dutch, old Dutch chips set, set us up with some tickets for, uh, and rough rider game. And it was like two, uh, two rows right behind, you know, uh, the 50 yard line, two rows up and all those guys are there and you see how massive they are. And then they're lining up and the crunch, like what you hear, you don't get it on a telecast, yeah. but you can hear them guys, their equipment banging and crashing, man. Like it's. Yeah, it's, it's an intense. eye opener of how freaking yeah, how real. yeah, it's that's a man's sport right there. Yeah. So you didn't like the halftime show? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it was okay. Sure, you know, Canadian guy, great for him, but you know, not really my style. I would have been, you know, let's get Motley Crue and Poison out <laughs> yeah, there doing their stadium tour, kick it <laughs> off like that's that's more my style, right? Do you remember when Steven I, uh, Tyler, I didn't re- Steven I, of Tyler course, Aerosmith? 
you remember that super sure. that halftime show? That was that one. Always, I was young, but that one always sticks out. Or Janet Jackson getting her tit whipped out. That was a pretty pretty good one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't much of a Janet Jackson fan until then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, oh yeah. God, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott, what do you think of the halftime show? Your boys probably liked it. That's more their kind of. There was some good. It was good. It was just yeah. Know, well, not really up our old school rock and roll mentality, but I thought it was good. Yeah, Dylan said right off the bat, this guy's got lots of good songs. And I didn't really realize how many of his songs I really knew, but yeah. I didn't mind it. I thought it was cool. They did they did everything they had to do with social distancing and all that bullshit. But I mean, uh, yeah, it was cool. And he was Canadian, so let's go with it. Yep. Yeah. There's a there's a I, I thought it was real interesting. Did you guys know he invested seven million of his own dollars into the production of the show? Yeah, that's pretty that. cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wish I could have. I wish I could have been the production manager on that. Get a little slice of that seven sheets. Rip it up. Yeah, yeah. They don't mess around. That's for sure. But uh, it just came out here yesterday. I think that the viewership, uh, television ratings were as low as they've ever been since two thousand seven. So that's saying something there. Is yeah. that still all the political bullshit? Do you think? Yeah, it could be a lot of things. I mean, you know the the. NFL was taking a lot of heat for the way that they were handling players and, and obviously people weren't liking what the players were doing. And um, also that, yeah, they're having a Super Bowl and a pandemic and they had fans and there's, I think there's lots of different, uh, lots of different opinions and aspects on it. But yeah, I, I thought that it'd be through the roof with fucking nothing to do. Everybody'd be sitting watching yeah. the Super Bowl, yeah. but yeah, that rating really surprised me that since 2007, it's the lowest viewership that they've ever had. I thought Tom Brady himself was, was going to boost that to record numbers. I really did. Maybe I'm naive to that, but uh, that's the reason I watched. 100%. It was so cool. Hey, that guy is unreal. I've never, I didn't watch a whole bunch of um, like when the Pats were winning all the time and never really paid much attention to Brady. And, you know, I think this year was really amped up, obviously him switching teams and then Gronk coming out of retirement that was going through the roof. But yeah, I just watched him that whole game and that guy's a fucking legend. He just, calm cool you know yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't get wired up he just walked you know back from side to side and and, and just oh yeah he was as an athlete you know it makes you really respect what he what he does well and if you guys know the story like he was drafted way late way late a hundred and something overall like you know that's you know that's like the seventh rounders in NHL. You know, you know they're just they're a shot in the dark, right? They're a flyer. They like to say they use that word. We're going to take a flyer on this guy. Well, boy, he sure proved a lot of team trauma over the years. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I was listening to a deal. He was drafted sixth round. So does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah, sixth round pick. Yeah, yeah it was and late. The, late. Yeah, he just in this interview, he just said, I'm a believer in myself. And if I'm not a believer myself, how am I going to convince the rest of the team to be believers? So he obviously takes that wherever he goes. And I mean, the guy is 43 years old, which whatever, but in that, you know, in that sport being as rough as it is, we just talked about how big those guys are for him to just be the fawns of the NFL, like the, the cool guy, right? <laughs> kind, of, kind of date, kind of dating myself. Yeah, there, you're but, fucking dating you know, yourself big time. There. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, but I mean, really, right? He just idles around, and he's got all the confidence in the world. And I think um, I noticed, like the other quarterback from the opposing team, he was just the further it went on, even when they weren't losing that bad, the more he was just getting rattled. And uh, you know, 
I think. But there's Bob some Lutton. talent there on the other side too. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. I'm not denying that. So yeah. He made some throws, um, you know, yes. defense, the, the defense, the Bucks defense was all over him, but he made yeah, some rolling. stellar throw throws under some enormous pressure. Yep. Bright future. Right. Yeah, 100%. That, that attitude that you're talking about, that winning mindset and believing in himself really plays into our guest that we have on the pod here today, and uh, that's Cooper Davis. And I can't wait to talk to this guy. He's, he's one in a million uh, with the way that he goes about things, and he reminds me a lot of that, that Tom Brady attitude. He's just calm, cool, collected, never gets worked up, does his own thing, and is a, is a world champion. Yeah, I don't. I, I never been around him too much uh, in a conversation uh, side of things. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to picking his brain on a couple things. Uh, I really admire him how he carries himself. You know, I you know obviously pay attention to to that sort of thing. You know, he's always carried some of the biggest endorsements. Never has a stitch out of place. You know, he he looks the part. You can tell he's the consummate pro. Right. So I'm really looking forward to uh, drilling him with a few questions on, you know, what he, you know, his preparation away from the arena, stuff like that. It's nice to see a little different style than the, you know, hair straight back like JB or Stormy, you know, Um, I think I think we're in for a little bit of a different uh, story than the last our last couple guests. I'm with you, too. I I never really got to know him that good, but, uh, you know, it obviously the Calgary stampede, he was, he was kind of a mainstay there um, when I was still fighting bulls and yeah, he was that guy. Perfect. You know, posture, the way he walked in, he did his job and he left. He never really seen him afterwards. So from what I know of him, he's a, he's a businessman and he, and he gets he's all the, business. The job yeah. done, that's for sure. One time in uh, at the world finals, it was his rookie year in 2015. And uh, he was, he was started wearing like these really flowery shirts because he was, he knew that he had to be seen and to get sponsorships and stuff to stand out. And I remember we were excited. This is just my bad. How fucking dumb I am. But we're having, we're doing autographs and he's signing on, on his autograph. You know, people put like, you know, good luck or stay, stay cool, whatever, you know. And then you write your name to all the kids in the autographs. Well, he's writing like this number. It was like 4811 or some, some fucking thing. I don't know. And I kept looking at it and I was like, dude, are you fucking are you giving all these girls your hotel room number? And he's like, what? What? I'm like, what, do you, what, is, what are you writing that number on, on your thing for? He's like, it's a Bible verse. It's a verse from the Bible that says, with God, with God. I, I, knew, where, I, knew, I knew where it was going. <laughs> with God, anything is possible. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Well, that's a lot better. I thought you were just fucking giving all these chicks your fucking room number. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I knew yeah. where it was going right when you started. And uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, there's the other so, side. This is, we're talking about two sides of athletes yeah. the Stormy, yeah. JB, and then the Cooper side. And then there's the really right wing, the Tanner Burns side. Phone numbers and hotel rooms on yeah. Yeah. The, the hair, The hair straight back side and the yeah. business side. And here's oh, Old Red on this side, and here's Cooper on this side. That's awesome. I like yeah. that one. That's yeah, a good one. I'm up. not going to let you ever live that one down. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Crack me up. So we became friends really after that, right? We could laugh at each other and joke around. And then, yeah, just. <laughs> Had a lot of respect for him. The first, uh, the year that he won the world, 
we both were injured near at the start of the year in 2016. And he said, I've said it on this podcast, quote it many times, but you know, everybody was thinking we're behind and he said, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And I've said that on this pod many times. And that's where I first heard that from. And he won the world that year. So he's the guy that really believes in himself and he's, he's well, talk good. about, talk about hot starts. Um, and I know you're not gonna let me trade picks. <laughs> I just, and I just about spit that name out and uh, yeah, he looks like he could be unstoppable. You know, what will be good. Uh, Jess coming back this week, next weekend, right? Yeah. This, this coming weekend, weekend. Sorry, it's coming this, this weekend. Coming yep. weekend. Jess Lockwood. Uh, yep. That'll be, you know, if he can put a couple rides together and what a race it could be, it, you know what, real exciting for PBR and PBR fans. If, if, uh, yeah it's you know, huge right back. now yeah weekend yeah. off last weekend so uh no events no touring pros no velocities nothing in canada so there was no events uh, on with the pbr this weekend kicks off again del rio texas so it's the texas uh stop or texas tour there's three or so events now uh they were in florida for the first Might three four is there four now Maybe yeah four, four let texas uh, so. let me look here so lockwood start of the year as we talked broke his jaw took his two weeks off or however long it was not very long and, and he's going to try to come back this weekend so that'll be cool to see uh cody jesus another guy that's been out with injury that's been out since the since the global cup last year actually i don't know if it was groin or or what it might be with him but uh something very serious that kept him out that long and he's going to be back and that's another really exciting guy to watch and as you talk when you got guys like like Jess, like Cody Jesus, like Cole, Cole uh, Fritzland, freaking kicking ass last weekend and being hot. All that does is just raise the bar yeah. for guys like Cooper. When Jose's winning, when Lockwood's winning, that makes Cooper's fire stoked that much more, and it makes him ride better and makes everybody just do that much better. So it's so cool to see all these guys going to battle it out. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a win-win for the production side, and it's a win-win for the bull riding side of it too. Those guys uh, feed off each other, and yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. See how it all plays out. Another good yeah, one to watch. Some... Another good one to watch. Jason's bull. Jason's world champion pick of a bull. Whoopa is making his season debut. Let's see, Jason. Me and Scott obviously out to the early lead as per usual. Uh, not how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> Good point. Well played. Well, well played. played. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, your bull, Whoopa. Gonna see him for the first time, and it's with uh, with Fritzland. So the guy that just won the event last weekend, probably the hottest guy going in in the whole bull riding world right now, yep. has got him. So either way that goes, that's gonna be good for that bull. I think. Good numbers to put up. 93 and a half in Rapid City, South Dakota. We had a PRCA rodeo going on there. Uh, arena record, Junior Stratford, a young bull rider, 18 years old, hops out and uh, sets the world on fire and looking like another good young guy that, that's going to go a long ways. And a um, bunch of good Canadians did, did well there. Um, Curtis Casty, Colby Wanchuk, Jake Watson, Jerry Bueller, to name a few, all, all got checks, pulled checks out of Rapid City. So I think in this this shortened season it's going to be key to take advantage yeah. of every chance that you get so good to see those guys down there and going at it how about the crowd how about the crowd yeah just like it's just like it's almost like a freaking sci-fi movie seeing that many people <laughs> in the audience it's awesome yeah it is good and, to see yeah oh man i can't wait can't i cannot wait I, I think too like last year you know march this all <clears throat> this all hit and whatever I think you're going to see more guys from Canada 
take advantage of every little stop or more guys even go down and compete. You know what I mean? Um, because of the shortened season or whatever, but um, I think we're going to see more Canadian contingent down there, you know, than last year for sure. Yeah, well, they, if go. they want a rodeo, they're going to have to go, you yeah. know, yeah, you got to take uh, advantage of fucking everything you can right now. Cause yeah, there, you know, there might be 10, there might be 50, you know, who knows? Like, like you say, it's, it's made everybody realize, I think too, that, that you don't know what you got till it's gone. So it's been gone for right. a lot of guys and everybody's fucking got that fire to get back to it and go hard. But I think different than last year, there were some guys decided to wait it out a little longer than they should have. Right. So by the time it got to the, Oh, I should have been going. It was too late. Right. I think with what, what we went through last year, playing into this year, guys are going to hit it harder, faster and take more advantage of things that are going on. So it should be interesting for our, for our Canadians, you know, as well as the Americans or whatever, but it's going to be fun to watch uh, more Canadians for sure. Yeah. Other than the, the hindrance of the fucking border situation right now though, you know, like that's, that's playing into it huge. If you're, if you're willing to go down there and stay down there, if you don't got a, your family and all that sort of stuff, but as oh, we talked on the last come month, true. when oh. you're 25, Can you yeah, but not for, I'm not, yeah, for, yeah, for kids, like for young guys yeah. that are, that should be yeah. going. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Go. But I mean, like your, your older contingent of, rodeo well, guy not even old else. too old yeah. but like a zeke thurston he's a family man yeah. Yeah. yeah you know that's a huge commitment and then when you come home you gotta you might have to go in freaking covid jail in calgary for so i mean weeks. yeah right so and there's spend two thousand dollars a week there's a lot of uncertainty to just to go you know if you got nothing to lose fucking rip it and go right but yeah, yeah for yeah. yeah for the other side yeah, that's, it's not but that is a that is a definite variable on the whole thing that's for sure our uh, PBR Canada production manager, Pete Gerbrad, uh FaceTimed me or vibered me because I'm a, I'm not an Apple puppet. I'm a, <laughs> like Scott. We're uh, Android guys. We're businessmen. Stuck in anyway, he, uh, <laughs> he vibered me and uh, like he's got his mask hanging off his ear. And I'm like, uh, oh, you just taking that off? He goes, well, you don't really even need to wear one. They te- temperature check you wherever you go. Uh, make sure there's hand sanitizer everywhere. This is in Mazatlan, Mexico. And they're like, he's on the Malacon, it's called, the boardwalk there, getting some signs put on for on his vehicle he bought down there. And he just said, like, it's wide open. Like, there's no real restrictions. Everybody's just being cautious. And he said, it's, you know, which is great to see. Um, but I, I'm wondering why uh, we can't travel south anymore. Maybe they don't want anybody to see that. I don't know. But it was an eye-opener for sure. Watching Rapid City and then watching how Mexico is just flying around, people doing everything. Well, it's our country. Anymore. It's our country. It's our fucking leader. That this, the way All right. ours is I the way gonna, that it is. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, travel south. I can't even really legally leave Manitoba and come back in the two, two hours later. Are you still in lockdown? Are you still, yeah. Is that still applied for you guys? Yeah, like in, and now it's even worse because if I, leave, if I leave the province and turn around and come to come back in, I got a quarantine for two weeks. That's within our own country. Right? They had, a, they had the, the, the Super Bowl we all watched. It was like 20-some thousand people, I think, were allowed at it. You see Rapid City, packed house. Our, fucking, our leader tweeted for Canadians not to, to go to Super Bowl parties or to mingle within other households or within your family. Like, we're fucking... 
you know, uh, we're, <laughs> it's not good. Be careful uh, how you use that word leader, Tanner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I want, and I want to give you my views on that, but you know, I'm, that's the thing. You're not going to tell me I'm not going to go to a Super Bowl party to the neighbors across the road. I'm sorry. Like yeah. you can Double try to take away. Yeah. yeah. You can take away my free or try to take away my freedom as much as you want, but I'm going to eat a hot wing with some ranch dressing on it at the neighbors. So <laughs> you, can kiss, you can kiss my ass, right? Uh, uh, watch, watch now that now there'll be a knock at the door and six yeah. people will drag me away to COVID yeah, jail. Exactly. So. Who knows? Speaking uh, of appies and drinks, maybe we should do a sponsor plug, eh, Tanner? Oh, well, I guess while we're here, there's no reason not to. That's for sure. <laughs> We'll get right into that. We got, uh, hey, y'all, Southern Iced Teas. Hey, y'all, Southern Iced Tea. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka-based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a hey, y'all, Southern Iced Tea while taking in the main bull riding event or sipping a cold one on the porch or in your basement when you're freezing the fucking cold and all you can do is drink <laughs> y'all iced teas. That's my plan. Hey, y'all, Southern Iced Teas, the official refreshment beverage of the NFB podcast. Have oh. you got yours yet, Scott? Has yours showed up at your house? No, I think the truck froze up. They just couldn't yeah, deliver it. So maybe when it gets warmer. Yeah. Maybe yeah. next week. Maybe forgot, next week. Forgot to plug my truck in. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Stetson Wright, also in um, Rapid City. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast we did with the Wright family, the controversial ruling of the markout rule gets Stetson again and, and there's some talk on that there's video where it looks like he got it it's you know there's lots of back and forth going on it Jason did you see that I did actually I uh on Instagram I think it's Bronkratty Nation I follow maybe mm-hmm. yeah that's and, a good one yep yeah and and they showed it slowed it down and yeah you see the comments and really what it boils down to is is the one comment is it's over the judge has already made the call you can yeah. talk about it all day um, and when it's a, a, you know, a call an official has to, you know, make, that's a tough situation. There's unlike the PBR, there's no replay. There's no button to push, which, um, I think uh, if you're going to have the markout rule, at least at that national finals rodeo level, there should be a buzzer. There should be an opportunity to hit a button and challenge it. But yeah, at the NFR. Yeah. yeah. You won't have it at that. those other ones, though, yeah. I no, and you'll never have it at the NFR. There's no way. They pride themselves on what yeah. they do on a timeline. Could you imagine in that, you know, in the three rough stock events, if there's a challenge? And then you got to keep the time to bank guys happy. Well, I was just going to say that they'd have to you know? get uh, three or four buzzers in there because they'd wear one out, right? <laughs> well, you never know. I'm not going there. Barrel racers? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but you know what, what people got to understand about professional rodeo and rodeo in general is, is that it's real time judging. It's happening right now with no replay, like you said. And, you know, I've never rode a bronc, but I've hung around lots of bronc riders over the years and they'll all say outright, if you don't make that mark out, it affects your entire ride because you're a little bit behind. So my thing is, Take it away. Don't make it a rule and let it, let the judging speak for itself throughout the ride. Well, I don't know. It, That's what I've then, always been then, told. Then I have to go back to Stetson's ride. If it, if it's going to put you behind, then he didn't miss that horse out because he was bang on every jump. Yeah, out. That That's why it was. Yeah. He probably would have won the you whole know, thing. So yeah. He got a yeah. check in the bull ride. Um, yeah. Spencer and uh, uh, Rusty, they didn't make it. They had to turn around due to wind. 
actually, oh, really? believe it or not, on the interstate. Interstate, but Ryder got a check, and Setson got one in the bull ride. So it's cool. good to see him hitting the pay window. We're going to see Zeke Thurston in San Antonio. He is having a child here any uh, any moment. So he opted out of Rapid City and San Antonio, the American, and you know, we'll see the rights and a bunch of our, our crew there. How many kids Zeke got now? Or what number will this two. be? This will be number, number two. two. Yep, two. number two. Yep, so remember when, to them. Remember when him and his little bros used to just run around and be our – Oh, yeah. Actually, I can't even say they were little pains in the ass. They were actually pretty good kids. They yeah. were always hanging around the bullfighting room or the trailer. They were all – yeah. Well, they were contract act kids for years too. Yeah, um, Thurston gang. The Thur yep. Thurston gang. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's funny, man. Like, it, it just seems like it was just not that long ago. They were knee high to a grasshopper. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, ta and talented. talented. Oh, yeah. yeah right? so. That's the thing with Zeke. And I, I, I can't speak for the other brothers as much. I don't know them as well. But I've talked to guys like Tyler Thompson and Leighton Green and those guys. And they talk about how good he is as, uh, as a bronc rider, but how fucking good of a hand he is. Like, yeah, cowboy. Anything. Just... Cowboy to the core. Yeah. Breaking Colts. Riding bulls, man. He was awesome. He was a wicked little junior bull rider and shit. He could could have made a living as a bull rider too is all around hand he's a very very talented guy and if he wants to he could also trick ride so yeah you know, exactly. there's not many guys that can no do that so. yeah that's yeah. pretty cool um hockey what do you got for us there jason i know that uh bear was was put on the injured reserve can you explain what the ir is to us for people yeah, that don't know yeah yeah, it's uh, when a team puts a guy on injured reserve, it allows them to bring up another player and that cap is relieved. The, with Especially today, so many teams are pushing that up cap. It's a cap world, you know, salary cap when I use the word cap, but $81.5 million. So it allows them to bring another player up off the taxi squad and, uh, and they can pull – Ethan's two million off the books for for that time. So, okay, yeah, they're just taking it slow with Ethan, and uh, you know he took it was such a freak accident, but you know how we we can't mess around with with head injuries anymore, and you oh, know yeah. he's a real valuable asset to that blue line and that hockey club, and um, you know they can keep sneaking some wins out. I see Smith is back last night, got the win for him. Yep, uh, so that's good to see. You know really they got good. their tandem. You know, I think what they wanted to start the year with, that tandem is ready to go now. Uh, Koskinen really got worked hard. He played all the games except for one. So uh, with this condensed schedule, that's a lot to ask for from a goalie. Do you see this? So as an too? injury reserve, so. Yeah. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. Sorry, Scott. This Kachuk-Cassian Kachuk feud is good, especially in the Canadian division now, man. Yeah. So, you know, whenever – He's lined up, but he went on the IR today as well. Um, I'm Cassian not sure did? what the deal is. If he, yeah, I don't know if it was his hand. I don't know what happened. I'm not yeah, he sure. He didn't come back after uh, that fight. No, yeah, no, no. but uh, yeah, I, I like it. The rivalries are great. That's what sports are all about. Manitoba boy, Ron Hextall is joining the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I was just texting with our friend Curtis Lecician. We were talking about it last week. Uh, Curtis is working with the uh, Colorado Avalanche and the assistant GM there, Chris McFarland, real smart hockey guy. I've dealt with him for probably seven or eight years and he was in the running there too. Um, 
because I was asking Kurt if he's moving up the ladder into management, but he's like, no chance, old boy. I'm staying right here. <laughs> so, yeah, and then Brian Burke joined. Yeah, Burke, uh, going there too. <laughs> yeah. I really talk about a guy that, that's done it all. Hey, that guy is, has, yeah, has and played every role. Found, I, and I really thought he'd found his niche uh, with Sportsnet. I, I, I enjoyed listening to him because he's a no-bullshit guy. Um, I actually had the pleasure of sitting with him in the Brandon – uh, arena one night uh kelly mccrimmon had me sitting up in his in his suite with with brian burke they i forget what he would have been there watching anyway just a real down-to-earth guy met him at the calgary stampede once uh with luke shen uh he drafted luke in toronto and luke yep. introduced me to him then so i've had a couple opportunities to bullshit with him and he's just a straightforward guy like you know he's interested in what you're up to what you're doing and uh you don't sugarcoat anything, you know, he's got his opinion and he stands behind it. You got to respect that. So, uh, I, obviously his love to be in the front office, uh, is outweighing his TV obligation to Sportsnet, um, which I, I admire that. I think, uh, that's his jam. That's, that's his bread and butter. And that's where he wants to be. So good for him because, Yes, just like bull riding careers, man. Your executive career in the National Hockey League can be very short lived. Yeah, yeah. Take advantage of what you can. Hey, uh, I think I think it was Berkey at Calgary one year when he was with the Flames. He won the at the Ranchman's Bull Ride, and he won the Calcutta and donated all of it back. And it was like forty some thousand, forty or fifty thousand. He donated back to the the Children's Hospital or the Children's Fund that it was there. That was pretty, oh wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, kind of shows his character. I think right there. Speaking of Shanner, what about him? He's just been dropping the mitts. There was a good video of yeah. him with a bunch of blood all over his forehead the other day. But what is he uh, at his role there? Or what's going on with him? Well, if any hockey fan that has watched any of Braden Shen's, you know, any of whatever team he's been with, if it was Philly or St. Louis, like he's a he's a throwback. He's a Playoff Braden Shen um, is one of the best players you could ever want on your team. He's captain material. He's not scared to go anybody. He plays the game real hard. Um, you know, I he's just Braden to me because I know him so well, but I admire the way he plays. And, yeah, you know, if you're going to mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns. And he's not scared to go. You know, he is not scared to go. I've seen him drop the mitts with Tom Wilson, which – that's not easy to do. Oh, yeah. um, and yeah. it didn't, didn't go real well for him, but he still did it. You know, he, he knew what he was getting himself into when he did it, but he, he owned up to it. So um, it's good. St. Louis got to get their mojo here. They got to get going. Get shit rolling. Um, that's the kind of guy Braden is, you know, obviously Doug Armstrong, you know, he likes him. Uh, he signed him to that big deal, seven year deal. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, he just got announced. He's going to be the GM of the uh, Olympic team. Really? So, in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if he uh, see who he wants to take off his team. Maybe Braden gets a maybe gets consideration. Which that's going to be a pretty stock team. Well, yeah. Like when you start picking a team, <laughs> Canada, like yeah. you're going to yeah. piss some people off, leaving some players at home. You know. Um, but in that bottom, you know, when you look at an NHL team, you got the top six and the bottom six, right? And you have the roles you play. And I'm not going to get into that. But Braden Shen is a guy that can go 
from center ice on line one, two, three, or four and be an impact. That's what I think of Braden Shen. He can play the game however uh, however style you want to play. Um, yeah. and and he'll he'll take on that role and be effective for his coach, whoever that coach may be. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's gonna be good to follow him and and uh what about stevenson he uh had a good game the other night i think uh vegas had some COVID issues i think the what was it what's their squad henderson is their their affiliate yeah. team and they yeah. had actually watched a couple games from henderson they're playing at the orleans until their arena gets built um speaking of curtis his boy jake lasician is 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 on that team so i watched actually their their first two games um yeah they they do it right man you should see the opening for the henderson silver knights they had it actually it showed it and it was it was pretty cool and they got this larger than life character on the mic being the voice like yeah, from the old yeah. yeah it's pretty neat you know yeah. not too many people tune into american hockey league games but uh i can't wait till we can travel and it'll be nice guy can go down there I told Twyla we're just going to move down in October and hang out there, watch the PBR, watch hockey, yeah, watch the NFR, and then come home. Just, yep. You know, two and a half months, we'll just stay there. Climate's a little better than Saskatchewan. No shit. Yeah. Leave the kids. Leave the kids six frozen pizzas and hit the road. Eh? <laughs> there, there, there. I didn't even consider that. Even I, <laughs> they can figure it out. Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, PBR back to a Del Rio. We were talking about. Uh, there's some crazy history in Del Rio. It's going to be pretty cool to see um, a, a PBR top tier event and Unleash the Beast event in that rodeo grounds. I, I still, Donnie Joe wears that buckle, Donnie Johansson. Hell yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. That's, that's history. You're right. Yeah, that is. Sports Machine. What was the, oh, it slipped my mind. Uh, George Michael? Those, George Michael yeah. Sports yeah, yeah oh, like yeah, when he was bro. interviewing Lane and Tough. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fucking I love legendary. That guy's voice. I yeah. love that guy's voice. Man. Yep. There's a video that uh Randy Quatiri has. You can find it on I don't know, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. But he did like uh and it was, he had a bunch of old footage of Miles Hare and Tough and Ty and all those guys in Del Rio one year. And it's I won't do the video justice, but it's unreal. It just shows like the history of that place. Uh, what it meant to all those guys and um, how much fucking fun they had. It looked like just a yeah, yeah. a huge party. So yeah, looking forward to, to seeing the the best bull riders in the world go against the best bulls in the world in that place and, and get to watch it. But speaking of that, we got to get to it. Our picks for the weekend. Who do you guys got? Who are you taking? Put you on the spot. First. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Cooper Davis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, you finally coming. got it. Finally yeah, got it. he finally got his pick. Scott, what are you thinking? Joe well, Jess on his comeback or yeah, I was just gonna say I think that uh I think that's gonna be a pretty decent pick. I mean, barring he doesn't get bumped in the chin a little bit, it might be a little tender, but uh, yeah, that'll be go, interesting I'm, to see too. See yeah. how that goes. Cause as much as you don't think that that plays into your riding style, I mean, it's going to be in the back of your mind that you don't want to get hit in the fucking face again. Well, even, like with a helmet on, can you imagine getting tapped in the jaw with that? Oh Ooh, my God. No. He's but still anyways, wired shut. I'm sure he's still wired shut. Right. Yeah. The last post I seen him, uh, I was looking at it this morning. I, the way it's the way he's kind of holding his face. I think he is. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, but I'm going to go with them. The kids, uh, He's, uh, I mean, 
he's a sure bet in my mind. So, yep. There you go. Okay. I think our boy has, uh, He's one of those guys that, that once his back's up against the wall and he's on the edge of the cut line, he always seems to step up or in any situation he seems to step up and he's due. J.B. Mooney, I'm taking him. He's got to do like it. like all our picks, fellas. Uh, yeah, I'm happy with do. any one of them. Yep, he's got to do it. Okay, well, without further ado, um, we're going to go to this interview with 2016 world champion Cooper Davis. Hope everybody enjoys. And Cooper Davis is healthy enough to come up and hoist the World Championship Trophy. Ty, perhaps no one better exemplifies hunger, both figuratively and literally, than this young man. I'll tell you what, what a, this is going to be a great world champion right here, a, 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 a true representative for the heart and soul of our sport. Celebration. There will be a lot of them to come. The first person to hug him, his wife, Caitlin. Our guest today on the show is the 2016 PBR champion of the world, six-time PBR World Finals qualifier, the World Finals event champion, the man currently leading the 2021 PBR World standings who just surpassed $3 million in earnings in the PBR from Jasper, Texas, the one and only Cooper Davis. Cooper, what's up, man? Not much, man. Just getting that window tent. Yeah, looks like it. I thought you were at the bar when you came on there just having a good good old Tuesday. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought you might be in COVID jail, but you're in Texas. There's no such thing as COVID jails in Texas. Huh? Yeah, I think we're all over it pretty much down here. Yeah, hopefully we get there pretty soon because we're in about uh, <laughs> minus 52 or so outside. It's kind of a polar vortex, and we're not allowed to hang out with our families or anybody like that. So we'll get past that hopefully pretty soon, though. Yeah, that's that's a little too cold right there. About forty degrees here, and I'm I'm sitting inside for a little while. So yeah, I, I did I did the conversion yesterday. Minus fifty two or fifty four is about minus sixty one Fahrenheit. If that means anything to you, so yeah, no thanks to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Oh man, okay, Coop, three million dollars in earnings. You just surpassed that. Is that? How does that stack up on you? You have so many achievements, but how does that stack up? There's only been or like 12 or so guys to ever win that much money. When you came over to the PBR, was that always your goal? Win as much money as you could or, or where does that stack up passing that the other weekend? I mean, that's always the goal, I guess, is win as much money as you can. But then you start thinking like, where'd all that money go? Because I don't know. I don't have that in the bank. So <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's that's my biggest thought on that. But no, it's uh, it's cool to be in that group of guys that have won that much money, and uh, you know, I just I'm not done yet, so gotta keep stacking it. Keep stacking some more on there. Yes, sir. Three, three more sheets. Get it to six, six million. One yeah, sheet I don't at know a time. If my career will be that long. Uh, yeah, world title at the end of this year. World title at the end of this year to get you there. Thirty-three percent of the way there, buddy. <laughs> That's right, man. So what about growing up? Um, uh, you grew up in Jasper, Texas, or is that where you're living now, or is that where you're born and raised? Yeah, so I grew up in Jasper, uh, which is about 30 miles from where I live now, and uh, kind of just grew up, you know, normal kid, no family, rodeo background, anything like that, and uh, kind of grew up watching the PBR, and that was that was like the coolest thing in the world to me, seeing those guys get on and uh, – 
parents wouldn't let me do it. They were like, it's, it's too dangerous. Go be a lawyer. Go do anything but that. We'll buy you all the horses you want uh, if you want to just be in the rodeo. And uh, long story short, when I was about 13, I talked them into, into letting me get on bulls, and it, it turned out to be a pretty good idea. Yeah. So who was your main influence then as a youngster at 13 then, Cooper? Like, where I know you live in Texas, so you probably didn't have to go far to find a practice pen, but who did you reach out to first to, to uh, you know, tie your hand to one? Yeah, so David Wisner, uh, Lufkin Ranch and Rodeo, they were 30 miles down the road. Uh, they always had a bunch of really good bulls to get on. And I don't know, like my mentality was like, if I'm going to go do this, then I just need to go ahead and, you know, go get on the best bulls I can get on and get good that way. Because, you know, I've I seen all these guys going to get on around the house and they were just getting on jumping kickers. And right. that wasn't really appealing to me. So, uh Anyway, started going over there when I was like 13 or 14, and uh, by the time I was, you know, 16 or 17, I had it, had it pretty much figured out uh, from then on. Well, so you're at 16, 17, you're three, four years into it. I know in anyone's professional career, you know, there's been times they probably stand there, look at, look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe I should, maybe I'm in – over my head here was there ever a time in those three or four years or even before you got to the PBR or to the NFR Cooper where you were like I don't know maybe I should try a different uh, career path yeah I mean I actually tried going to college for about two months and then that kind of taught me that I didn't uh, I'd just be better off going to ride bulls because sitting in a classroom wasn't for me either <laughs> did you go with Colby Yates? Because we just had him on a few weeks ago, and he had the exact same story. <laughs> I think yeah. most bull riders no, fit I, uh, that fit that story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking doing this. Yeah, man. you learned real quick that bull riding's an easier way. <laughs> yeah, bull riding's an easier path than sitting in that classroom. So you said um, growing up, you know, watching the PBR, and who who did you um, who was your hero in that end of it, or or the guy you most uh, wanted to emulate as you started into yours? Yeah, like uh, Chris Shivers, he was always one of them, and uh, Jim Sharp. You know, those those two guys right there, they stayed on a lot of bulls. And uh, I think Jim always was probably one of the best guys. I think never won a world title uh, in the PBR, and that was, you know, the guy was just rank. I mean, he could ride any bull that you put under him, and and looked so good on him too. Like yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you find a prettier guy on a bull ever than Jim. No, Sharp. and that dude just he'd, he'd make him look crazy. You know, like. He'd make a rank bull just look like a day off. Almost almost to a fault, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he lost a few points that way, I believe. Uh, you know, he you know, he rode some rank bulls and just made it look too easy at times. Right. Definitely. Okay, Coop, let's go back. I remember one year um, we were both young. What are you – are you a 94? I'm a 94 model. 94 model. So you're two years younger than me. I remember being in Wainwright, Alberta. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know that uh, Clayton Fulteen is your brother-in-law. Um, yeah. you, you were traveling with him, rolling up there, and you didn't get in to Wainwright. He's behind the buck and shoot. So you, could you imagine this? Cooper Davis, who Cooper Davis is now, is behind the buck and shoots. Didn't get into Wainwright, Alberta. Um, but I think that you went on to make the NFR that year. Um, what made you go on that to that rodeo side first and travel all across, even into Canada, and just go as hard at it as you could? Man, I don't know. Like, that was always my dream. You know, like, I went and watched the NFR and uh, when I was, I think, 16 or 17 when Clayton made it one year. And 
that was just like that was the coolest thing in the world to me was watching the grand entry of that deal and uh you know the you know nfr it's it's the most iconic rodeo in the world and those yellow you want shoots. To be there. Those yellow, Those shoots, yellow shoots, shoots do something for you, don't they? They yeah. get you every time, and and every December, I think about buying my card back and doing it again. But it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, like every kid that asks me, that's always my advice to him: is go rodeo and you know, kind of get all that out of your system, go make the NFR, and and uh, you know, then you don't have any regrets of, I wish I would have done it. Yeah, it seems oh. like lots of guys start over there and then come to the PBR side. It's pretty hard to go go back to it but there is guys and especially in seasons like this year or even last year where it's everything is is a lot you know there's way less rodeos than there normally is is it something that you would look at this season or or you want to stick with that pbr and win that world title this year i'm going to stick with the pbr and and go after that world title again this year because you know as as iconic as the nfr is and all that stuff i mean being at home with family, that's kind of where I, I like to stay at. So I can go leave on a Friday and be back home on Sunday where rodeo, you're gone for a month or two at a time. And I don't know. I'm just kind of past that point in my life. Yeah, how old's Mac now? Mac, how old's he? Five? He'll be six in May. Six. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, that's got to be tough when at that age. Like, um, obviously, if anybody follows your Instagram, like, he's quite a character himself. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's got to be hard, you know, leaving. Um, I see the next month, uh, you guys are here, you know, right on your backyard in Texas. Will you travel with the family here these next four events? Uh, this, not the next three events, but uh, after that they'll go. He's got his, his last basketball game this weekend, and uh, that's what makes it so hard to leave is, you know, like I spent all this time with him at home, and we practice shooting basketball, and I don't get to see him, you know, in games. Uh, so FaceTime's about as close as I get to that, but – that's, I mean, that's the only drawback, I guess, to this PBR deal in general is you've got to miss that stuff on the weekends that you really want to see. Yeah. But but you probably wouldn't trade it for a nine to five working every day job. Absolutely would you? not. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm good with eight seconds. Yeah, there, 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 there has <laughs> been a time in your career after you won your first world title where I know myself and a lot of us in the locker room didn't think that you were going to be still going right now. You know, I thought that there was a point where for a while there, you didn't want to be there. And, um, you know, you could, you noticed it at events and noticed it in your riding. What kind of made that switch back to get you back to where you want to be right now? And and obviously back riding probably better than you ever have. For about three or four years right there, I just felt like I'd already accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, what's next? I mean, I was kind of just there for, because I had sponsorship obligations and uh, as bad as that sounds, but, you know, after I broke my neck this last year, I was, you know, sitting there and for six months, not being able to do anything, you start realizing that you actually love the sport more than you realize in the beginning. And uh, you start wanting to do it for the right reasons again. And that's what happened to me. You know, I sit there and, and uh, contemplated, you know, what would I do in life if I didn't ride bulls and, and that, that kind of lit a fire into me again. Well, it's burning bright, man. 70, what did I read? 73% riding percentage. Like that's, uh, I know we're still working off, you know, just a handful of events to start, but that's, that's amazing. Um, from, from the world finals till start of 2021, did you uh, change anything up in your training or, or how you've, you know, focus going into this year, like obviously you set goals. You're, you're yeah. obviously a goal orientated guy, 
but what's the difference this year from others? I think other years, you know, I would pretty much take off from November to January and just kind of say the heck with it. But this year, you know, like I, I stayed pretty adamant and, and working out in the routine, uh, you know, eating right, that type of stuff. And, and that's been the difference, I think, coming into this year where other years I was just kind of, you know, lazy. Uh, I just wanted that break and wanted to take a break and from the whole thing and not think about it. But, uh, you know, I still had that fire in November, and, and that's that's what I think has been the – game changer so far what was when the what's the fucking gym that you were just at you and caitlin <laughs> yeah. on your instagram there was some it was like fucking yeah, rocks beach. and a beach and yeah walk us through that for yeah, people so that yeah, follow coop on instagram go on there and check out where he was in the off season yeah so the jungle gym it's a loom uh we'd always followed it for like the last two or three years and and uh man like Caitlin, like for those guys that follow her or whatever, I mean, she like she kicks my butt in the gym. Like she's way more into it than I am even. And uh, yeah, so anyway, like it was, we'd get get up every morning and run like two miles to this gym through the, you know, mud and everything else. And then once we got there, it was uh, it was just basically working out with rocks and sticks and everything else. Yeah, it was really cool. That's badass. The bam, Fred, the, bam, the bam bam workout. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fred Flintstone workout. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Okay, let's go to uh well let's start. You know, went to the NFR, you got that done. Um, you come over to the PBR, you make the world finals your first year, 2015, or what was your rookie year? 2014. Uh yes. Yeah, 2015 was my rookie year. 14, I basically spent a half a year trying to just build up enough points i guess to get to the you know unleash the beast or whatever it was at that time built for tough and uh yeah i mean I, I wasted a whole year doing that and then 15 that was my rookie year and uh you know that was that was the start of it kind of started it kind of chunky and by the end of august they called me a fat kid and went and lost some weight and started riding good who uh what how'd that weight, go what kind of weight did you drop off like when you say you're a fat kid <laughs> i think yeah, he so said was, chunky but <laughs> that was that was a fucking sweet typical pbr that was fat shaming like i don't think you can probably get away with that anymore but it worked for you and i was i remember hearing the yeah, stories yeah, I, mean, I, I was like wait now. a second they were fucking they were just like that's like bullying <laughs> kind of, you know? <laughs> I, off at the beginning of it. I was sitting there and i was actually standing next to some stock contractors and jw and uh, Cody were standing up there kind of laughing and pointing. I was like, what are y'all laughing at? And they're like, well, we're looking at you guys, and we couldn't figure out which one was the stock contractor or the board. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, all right, well, what's that mean? And they're like, yeah, you, you lose a little weight, you'd probably ride a little better. You ride good now, but. Oh, shit. Well, you got to have a, you, well, since you brought up Cody, you got to have a good cleat story. Um, oh, man. That story, we, yeah, here we go. So you don't even need to set this up. Let's hear one. <laughs> man. The first time being Cleet ever actually like had a conversation, that was probably the first thing he ever said to me. By the way, I walked past him for six months there, and he just kind of looked at me and nod. And anyway, after that, he called me a fat kid and everything else. So. <laughs> uh, but no, once I started riding and kind of knowing him a little bit, he came up to my shoot one day and he tried to rush me. And I was like, "Hey, I was like, you go stand over there in that corner. When I get done, I'll come over there and talk to you." But I got my own stuff to worry about right now. So he goes over there and stands in his corner. He's all pouting. And I guess he didn't think I'd ride this bull. And I rode him and walked over there to him. Said, well, that's a pretty damn good ride there. 
He didn't say another word about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you go stand in your corner there. <laughs> you guys, you guys do have like a um, a mutual respect, though. You, I can see it, and he always is, he talks really well about you. And and one of his quotes is that the best ride that he's ever seen, and that is Cody Lambert. He's been around since pretty much the fucking start of bull riding, I feel like. But he's seen them all, and he quotes that uh, your ride on Smooth Operator was the best ride that he's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, that means a lot. I mean, I respect that guy, you know, just as much as any other guy that ever tied his hand in a bore rope. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of hard to understand at times. But once you realize, you know, where he's coming from on a lot of things, you know, he wants the best for us. And, uh, you know, we don't always have to agree on things, but the, the man's always got us number one priority and everything, so. Yeah, that's awesome. So then 2015, you get fat shamed, you lose a bunch of weight. <laughs> Show everybody how much of a badass you are by going into the world finals and winning the world finals your rookie year. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that that's something I didn't really realize that, you know, I could, it could happen. And, uh, you know, I was kind of blown away by it. And it was kind of like my first step and having the confidence to go really try to win that world title the next year. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes proving yourself to actually, you know, I guess have the confidence and, uh, yeah, I mean, worked out. It is. It seemed very yeah. unattainable <laughs> before you did that. I remember uh, being at the finals that year and you winning it. And then even 2016, when you won the world finals or won the world, it was like, it was like JB or the Brazilians. It wasn't like one of us, you know, yeah. as a young guy. It was like, we didn't, that wasn't even, you, you, it's always like up there, but, it's not actually fucking attainable. And then you did it and it was like, holy shit, you know, like maybe, maybe this is legit. So, so you winning that finals with your colorful flowered up shirts, uh, that gave you the confidence then to be like, Hey, I'm fucking, I'm one of the best in the world at this. And I think I can win a world title. Yeah. I mean, that was it right there, you know, cause before that I was just kind of like, I want to make the finals and you know, that that's as good as I ever thought it was. And, uh, you know, I started kind of, you know, reading these books and kind of, I guess, figuring out like how to psych yourself into being a badass. And that's, uh, that was, you know, one of the main things was, you know, believe it. And, uh, I don't know, once you start believing in yourself, there's all kinds of things that you can make happen that you didn't think you could. Your mental game. Yeah. Hey, this is funny. I don't want to put you on the spot here, Coop, (laughs) but what, what would you, uh, uh, for our listeners, um, do you got one book in particular? Can you can you fire us a title that, that yeah, I think it was called Psycho Cybernetics or something like that. Uh okay. Sage has read it. Uh and that's actually who turned me on to it. But uh yeah, I mean basically like it teaches you how to train your mind and to you know believing in yourself and you know, pretty much every level. So when you put that book down, is that something that you still pick back up or have you trained yourself if or so to speak, have you trained your mind and that's something you you know, consider part of your workout or your regiment on a weekly That's kind basis. of something that, that I pretty much just kind of fall back on now. I hadn't reread the book or anything, but, you know, like every time I get in the shoot right now, like I focus on one thing, like, for instance, like this is weird, but like I'll go through like a whole process of like, I'll look at the Cooper tire sign, like, I guess that relates to me. And then, you know, like I pretty much think to myself, like you're the baddest bull rider in the world. Like you can ride any bull they run under you type deal. And, and I go through that same routine like every time I get on and get the same mindset, and uh, that's that's been a big, big asset. 
that's that's gold man um, yeah. i hope some Fuck of our listeners is. take that and and do something with it you know we're yeah. we're in the same business up here in the pbr business and we've got some youngsters um and i hope they listen to this how you know where you came from at 13 to now and and even being a world champion you know in, in 16 and to turn it around again to where you're at today um obviously you're, you're proving it's just not it's just not something that you can just go do you got to work at it every single day yes sir yeah, every absolutely. day every ride that's yeah like and i i noticed that with you cooper you like the focus that you had right everybody myself included you let outside influences um kind of take over what was going on when you were supposed to be riding and, and you always you'd, you'd show up late lots of the times or however you do it you just did it your own way all the time and like you say you had your routines that you went through on the back of the shoots and you could see that it was just laser focus and yeah. and you know the proofs in the pudding what you do right you you the more you put into it the better success you have yeah, I mean, like, they always picked at me about being late and stuff, but when you show up late, they don't have time to interview you. They don't have time to get in your way. Uh, all you can say is, hey, I got to get ready, you know. And, yeah. uh, that was always my, my thought process with that. I didn't have to worry about that. They didn't want to interview me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of – it's it's unique now. What are we, episode what here, Tanner? Eleven. 11. Yeah. Cooper? You know, we've had Stormy and we've had JB, you know, a couple wildcats, Bryce West, you know, he's, he's kind of a wildcat from Canada here. Um, now you as a world champion, like I, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't know you at all. You know, I know who you are. Obviously we haven't crossed paths in, uh, you know, in the last few years at all, but you just seem like the Texas oil man coming in with your silver belly hat on, like, you know, sharp dressed, strictly business, like no shenanigans. I, I don't even know if we can ask a story like we can ask JB or Stormy about Cooper Davis because it's it seems like you're just 110% focused on business, which I appreciate. Man, that's, that's the way I try to keep it. You know, like I don't I don't try to go and like, for instance, 99% of the time, like I won't go stay at the host just because I don't want to be distracted. You know, I just want to go focus like on my own thing and uh, it kind of goes back to like showing up late and stuff like that. But like, I mean, there's a time and a place, I guess, to let loose. And for me, like, it was always like after the PBR finals or whatever, you know, like let's go out and have fun or whatever. But yeah, up until then, like I want to always want to stay focused on what I needed to do. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Admire that. Admire yeah. that a lot, Cooper. You stay, uh, who do you, who do you kind of hang out with now on tour? Or like, do you room with anybody or what do you, what's your regiment? Man, I, like I'm kind of a loner. Like I stay by myself, and uh, but like after events or whatever, like I'll go eat with people or whatever. But you know, I just uh, I don't know, kind of just stick to myself. Yeah, and oh, I feel like it's you- the sacrifice, right? When you when you have that, when you sacrifice that, you know in your mind that you've put everything into that weekend. You don't go home That's thinking, it. "Fuck, I should have. If I would have just focused a little bit more, or not been such a dumbass," you know, like. Even just yeah. staying by yourself, even just like that sacrifice of of the mind of the mind game that you go through before you get on. I know for me, whenever I wouldn't go through the the steps, I never seem yeah. to do good, and then you just regret that all week. When yeah. you when you're when you're constantly doing what you know is going to get you there, it gives you that that. Yeah, um, like I'm I'm okay if if I go through a weekend and say if I get bucked off or whatever, I know that I did everything I could then, you know, I can live with it. But if there was, you know, basically if I was, you know, 
didn't go through a step or I, I you know, I missed something on my own fault, then that's the stuff I harp on, you know, like if I screw up on my own self, whatever. Here, here's something for you. Um, how do you handle that, that peer, like being strictly business and handling your own business? How do you handle that peer pressure, say from, you know, other bull riders or media, whatever it may be, what, what is your comeback to say them saying, well, you know, you don't ever come out, you don't ever do this. Um, I think a lot of guys fall to that peer pressure and, and maybe it, it definitely hinders their career when they're not reaching their full potential. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. They, they don't really jack with me about it that much, you know, like, I, I don't know. I guess they all know that I'm kind of a family man. I don't really care to go out that much or anything like that. But, uh, so honestly, I mean, they don't really mess with me much about it. Which means a lot. It means that you have their respect a hundred percent, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Look what you do. That's how, yeah. yeah. That's how I'd say that too. I think, uh, you've proved your, what you're, you know, what you're capable of. And, uh, I, I'm glad we got you on here. I, I, you know, I'm learning stuff, uh, every time you open your mouth here, Cooper, I'm learning something here. And I, I hope this, like I said, it, it, our listeners, some of these young talent, you know, we're, we're in that business up here of creating young bull riders and man, you, uh, you got a good story. You got a really good story to tell. Coop, let's walk through 2016, the year you win the world title, you had a pretty solid first half, but that second half, kind of similar to JB's first world title, you just went on a roll, started winning everything. You started in Nashville, won that. Walk us through the second part of 2016 and what changed for you. Uh, you know, 2016, it, it started off kind of like every other year. And, uh, you know, about August, I guess, you know, I just knew it was time to either hit the gas pedal or, you know, get ready for next year. And, and uh, I just hit the gas pedal and I broke my collarbone, I guess, third event coming back and that was like really heartbreaking because I didn't know you know most time you break the collarbone in six weeks Tandy said yeah we can get you back in two weeks and put a plate in it and uh that was you know from then on I rode better because I was worried about that collarbone hurting it so it seems like I didn't have any problems staring over my rope then so that's all it takes just a couple plates build all your confidence (laughs) eh yeah so you came yeah, back in two weeks after you broke your collarbone. That's pretty unheard of as well. Yeah, I think I missed uh, 15 days before I was able to get back on. And that was, uh, I don't know, ended up being a good thing, really. Yeah, getting back to it. So then you go to the World Finals. You're having a good World Finals. Does your ride on uh, Catfish John, does that one always stick out to you? That was the one that kind of clinched it, right? Yeah, I mean, that was it. That's uh, that's my favorite bull of all time. Uh just for that reason right there and i've won a couple of prestigious bull rides on him but he's uh i don't know he's always been really good to me he's bucked me off too but uh, i've always told chad i was gonna buy that bull when he retired him yeah retire him at your house so then yeah. do you, i remember we were standing behind the buck and shoots getting ready we're in the short round jb slaps uh stone sober kaike yeah. was uh i can't remember what bull he got on um but he, he gets bucked off and there wasn't very many of us that knew it, but those of us that were like putting the stats together, I knew I was standing right beside Cooper. I'm standing right there. And you remember we met eyes and it was like, you realized it. I realized it. there was about five or six of us around it. We're like, Holy fuck. Cooper Davis. Cooper just won the world. Yeah, man. I got chills thinking about it right now because I mean, as a kid, that's what you always want to do, but it seems out of grasp. And 
Like it, it seemed out of grasp until that moment. And, you know, like I, I don't know. I got all choked up about it. And whenever I was getting on the shore round, boy, like I didn't even want to do it. It was just, dang. Yeah, you got it. I'm the champion yeah, of the world. Like they, they announced it before I got on, and I wish they didn't do it because I didn't even. It's just whatever. Like, let me get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. So then we talked a little bit about it, but you kind of, after that, you kind of, all your goals came to fruition really early on in your career. You lost that kind of, that focus and that, that goal to be a world champion. But now, like we talked, you're going to, you got that back. You're ready to roll. What do you think? Uh, what's your kind of your goals now moving forward, obviously world title this year, and then see where it goes, or are you trying to break some records or what's your, what's your goals for the future? Man, I don't know. Like, I just want to take it this year and see, you know, how it goes. And uh, I've never had a, a start to a season where, you know, like I, I really I've been satisfied with the way I've started. So, uh, you know, I just want to start strong and, and, and keep going at it the way that I've been going at it. And, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of this, this year, then I'll have to put on another gold buckle. And I don't want to be done yet. Uh, so... Uh, that's good to hear that's good to fucking hear man yeah yeah i thought i thought when i when i left i was like i don't think cooper's gonna be far behind me and fucking so good to see you still rolling and and winning and yeah it's gonna be cool to watch i told you i had you picked and then these guys didn't pick jose at the start so then i had to go and pick lemme but i think i fucked that up because it looks you're looking pretty (laughs) we all did we all did if we did this pod if we'd have done this pod with Cooper in January, I'm all I'm all in on Cooper Davis, 100. <laughs> percent I love the I love where you are mentally in your career here, Cooper. And um, you know we deal with athletes regularly, and uh, there's a book called Mind Gym. Oh yeah, um, okay. a, a guy out of Scottsdale. Good good book. Um, I'll get Tanner to text you that, and if you're into okay. that, I'd like to get your opinion on it because it's I bought. I buy it 24 copies at a time and I've fired them off to some of my hockey players and whatnot that I represent. I just, because it doesn't matter what sport you're in. It doesn't matter if you're a tennis player or bull rider or hockey player or football player. It, right. You can just, you can insert your personality, your name yep. or your characteristics into any line in that book. And that's what they've done. Um, so I think that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. And on that, I, I want to, you know, you know, you talk about catfish, John, you love that bull when you see your name besides something you don't like, and I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but um, you know, there's, you know, there's bulls, certain guys just don't like out there. Uh, Tanner can attest to that. Scott yeah. Most Bradley of them I didn't is. like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of them. All of them. <laughs> what do you, what, what can you tell our, what can you tell our listeners? Like what's, how do you how do you change it up? Does anything change for Cooper Davis when you when once you see your name beside like for example, Born to Sin in fifteen fifteen next week? Yeah, so like for instance, that right there. I mean, that bull right there, he bucked me off in two seconds last time I got on him. But I don't know. I just know I have to be tougher this time. And it seems like every time I go into a short round fifteenth or something like that, they leave me with something. That's whenever I really, you know, I shine because you know, I, I just. You got to get mean in those situations and, you know, don't let them get it, you know, don't let them prove you to, you know, to where you can't ride them. So uh, every situation is different, but like, I don't know, like I kind of thrive in those situations where I've got spotted demon or uh, even like that Dusty's revenge. That's probably one of the least 
yeah. like the bulls that any right-handed guy's ever going to ride. Uh, I just, damn, I didn't want him to win when I got on it. So that's just the way I went at it. Like, you're not going to throw me off and you know, do whatever, but here I am. What about your, um, what about your, your riding style itself? It's, it's really unlike anybody else's. And what I've noticed is like, especially a bulls away from your hand, you could shuffle your outside foot, like your non-dominant foot. You're kicking loose with that thing. Like it's like, it's a bull spinning into your hand and it's your left foot. Yeah. That's a very, very difficult thing to do for those that don't know, know bull riding. If you watch your videos, you've seen it riding solo the other weekend. You were just shuffling that thing, kicking loose with that outside foot away from your hand, like I said, which is very hard to do. Where did you learn yeah. that from and the way that you nod straight up and down? You have the perfect style and, and you get all the points out of them and you can ride really every style of bull. What did you base your, your riding after? Or where did you learn how to ride like that? And the leaving the shoot thing, I actually learned that from Bonner Bolton because uh, he would always leave the shoot, you know, straight up and down. And uh, I would always have a problem getting my heels clicked, you know, right out of there. And uh, it seemed like if I could get out of there, then I could sit up and ride them. So uh, that's where that came from is watching videos of Bonner and, you know, leaving the shoot. And, uh, you know, as far as shuffling my feet, though, like I really don't know where that came from. It's just one of those things that, like, you feel like, you know, when you're on them and, let's see if this works type deal. And, uh, you know, on riding solo the other weekend, I was a little bit behind. So you know, I thought maybe if I can just lift my leg and kind of transfer my weight over to the left side right there, then, you know, it kind of get me around there. And uh, That seems to be my MO though. Like if I can keep shuffling my feet, that's the one thing that, you know, gets me throw it off at times is when I try to clamp down and just yeah. you know, hold on or, uh, you know, if I can stay loose and keep, keep grinding and you know they normally still get to that next jump and find a way to get back in the middle yeah yeah that's badass been working Fuck been yeah. working. okay one uh <laughs> one good question i have for you too and it's if if you've listened to our pods um at all from our earlier ones we well i have been really fucking adamant about this new point system and it's mostly just because how the point system has changed five or six times in the last however many years and all the different shit that, that goes on behind the scenes that lots of the fans and people don't understand what's going on as a rider in the PBR. What's your take on, on the, the point changes, where the PBR is at internally, externally, and, and how the guys are, are being treated compared to when you first came around or, or how is things in that locker room? Yeah. So since 2015, like there's been a different format or a different point system every single year, it seems like. And, Bull riding is pretty simple. I mean, you you can make it just as simple as, you know, as it can possibly be. And that's kind of the way that, you know, it should be. The guy that rides the most bulls should be your event winner. And, and uh, you know, this year, you know, every guy kind of feels the same way. And uh, nobody really understood coming into the season, you know, how it was all distributed, you know, how to win, basically. And, uh, you know, it's just – I don't know. For us, we wanted to simplify it to where, you know, if you were 80 points, you got points for staying on. And, and uh, I don't know. It, it's really – it's been confusing with the way that, you know, it's set up now. After the guys were able to kind of have our input, the PBR wanted to listen to us on it and, and, and kind of come to an agreement on, you know, what was best for everyone. I think now we've got a point system that is beneficial to every guy that, you know, you know I hate to say it, 
Uh, you know, there's some guys that stay on a whole bunch of bulls. They just, you know, they don't score very high. And Jared Parsons was like the number one thing that we bought up the finals that year. Yep. He wrote four bulls and didn't want to die. That should never be possible. Yep. And, uh, you know, PBR knew that. They were taking that in consideration. But, you know, it's just from a rider standpoint, it need, needed to be simplified to where, you know, the right guy won, the aggregate winner won, not the guy that was 89 in the long round and 93 in the short round but fell off another one. Uh, then it becomes a drawing contest. So basically, you know, I think where we're at now with it, it's it's the best best, you know, point system that we've had since since I've been here. Cool. Are you pretty vocal on that, Cooper? Like uh, we all know there's some guys didn't get on there a couple weeks ago. Like uh, were you uh, were you one of the guys that was, you know, standing your ground on that and what you felt was right? Well, I mean, all, all guys, every guy there felt the same way. And that's, you know, once the PBR seen that and, you know, took that in consideration, that was, you know, when you've got 30 guys that, Tying yeah. their hand in the rope, that's that's what makes the difference. And uh, you know, we're very thankful that they were willing to listen to us on it because you know, we're putting our bodies on the line every single weekend and when we have to go get on one extra short round bull of the weekend, that was that was gonna be a hard deal to do. And uh, it wasn't it, it was nothing about the money, it was nothing about uh, you know, us not wanting to get on the extra bull or anything like that, but when you have it spread so thin and having to get on two short round bulls a weekend and then maybe having a 15, 15 in there, then yeah. that gets really, really hard on your body. And Well, no shit. And you, and you talk about how mentally fit and I see that in, in, in you Cooper, how mentally fit and physically fit you are. It don't matter. Like when you're going up against an opponent that outweighs you by, you know, 10 times and has the yeah. ability to take you out completely there. It's, it's no contest at times. It, sometimes it just isn't. And, um, you know, Tanner said it, he nailed it. He goes, yeah, I love PBR. The only sport where you get rewarded or you get punished for being really good because you got to get on more bulls, you know, That's it's absolutely just, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it makes sense. And, you know, a bull rider career is only, you know, it's only so long to begin with. And, uh, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm glad that it got worked out because it's been discussion on a few of our pods with our guests. So I remember when it first come up, I could just see how fired up Old Red was here. Oh, he was, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. See, it's but, like Cooper will probably agree with it too. It's just respect. Like, just respect your fucking athletes. They are they're the without guys like Cooper Davis. You know, especially with the way that the Bulls are nowadays. You're not going to go down the street and find guys that can ride bulls like that. There's a handful of guys, Cooper, and you know, not even all the 35 guys in uh, in that You're top right. yeah. era can ride all those bulls. So, take what Coop has to say into consideration, or or the top guys, because those are the ones that are keeping your sport going. You know, so that was my only thing. I think it's just a respect, and it's good to hear that it it went both ways, and you guys were able to to get that lined out. You know, I think the biggest thing with that was, you know, like you know, they've got a TV schedule that they've got to you know, basically adhere by. And, uh, you know, like they're, they're so worried about that. They didn't have time to think about, well, what are we actually putting the guys through and, and this and that. And, uh, you know, once we sit down and we're able to talk about it, 
they were able to see our side of it. And Sean Gleason, the CEO, literally sat down and gave everybody his phone number and said, hey, if there's something that you want to bring to the table or there's something that you want to bring up, then give me a call. And I think that's probably the most badass thing I've ever seen a CEO do say, you know, hey, if there's nice. something you don't like, give me a call and let's work it out. You know, that's any cool. other CEO would have been like, if you don't like it, then whatever. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool for him to do that. Well, okay. I think he, I, I think in a move like that, um, Sean gets the room back. Uh, and what I mean by that, he got, he got all the respect. He might've had lost it for a, a brief time when you guys were pissed thinking about and confused on this new point format. But, yeah. you know, then he offers up that and you know what, he gets the room back because he needs you guys. You guys need him. It's, it's a 50, 50, uh, it's a 50, 50 relationship. You can't do one without the other. So, yeah. And I, I think Tanner, I mean, he'll be able to, to tell you like most of the time we'll go sit in a meeting and they just tell you, this is the way it's going to be. And you know, it, that's really hard whenever you're the one that's putting your hand in the rope. And, uh, yeah, fucking name. You know, now, I mean, they, you know, granted, you know, we had a discussion about it and everything else, but like, we're, actually loving to be there now you know like i think you've yeah. seen in the last two good. weekends that's that, good that's good uh, i think you're, you're seeing better bull riding i think everybody's happy to be there you know we feel like everybody's got a fair shot at winning and, and the right winner's winning uh it's not based off of a point system where uh you know a guy beats you on two rides when you rode three right so yeah uh, that's awesome I can hear you. Well, I that's good to hear yeah. yeah that's good and it yeah it just takes respect back and forth and Seeing both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We'll have some fun though now. Uh, my first ever built for tub series event, I came out of the locker room, um, put my rope on my bull, went to climb across and realized that I was so fucking nervous that I'd forgot my glove in the locker room. <laughs> and uh, I had to borrow Brant Atwoods after he just rode. So obviously it was just like sweaty and wet and, you know, no stick on it. I was like, oh my God. Uh, I hear you have a kind of a similar story of your first NFR and maybe putting your rope on the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'd always rode with an American rope. I don't never rode with a Brazilian or anything. So, uh, got to the lead up alleys and, you know, I'm putting my rope on and, uh, anyway, bull runs in the shoot and they're like, Hey, you got a rider ahead of you. And I look down and my ropes on backwards. <laughs> like, Holy crap. dude! like, how do you get to this point and then put your rope on backwards at the NFR? So, like I'm scrambling and I'm pretty sure I got a fine because like, they're, Oh yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. That's like, what the, they're just go, waiting man. to give you one of those $250 fines at the NFR. But I legit like contemplated, like, should I just go with this and get on with it backwards? Or, uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like I don't want to embarrass myself, but yeah, that was, that was embarrassing. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. And you're a guy that's actually like, you're very particular on all of your, equipment right like if you have to borrow yeah. somebody's shit like it doesn't work for you you're a guy that makes sure you have everything right you switch bull ropes yeah. quite often make sure everything's good yeah i mean I, I order probably four or five bull ropes a year just to keep it fresh you know i don't uh if my handle starts getting broke down i don't i don't like uh i don't like that so if, if my equipment doesn't show up that weekend or whatever that that really gets into my head yeah have you had that happen a few times flying your shit didn't show up it did, man. It's happened two or three times, and and uh, it's never panned out. Like, I don't know. It, it just – I can't stand not having them on stuff. And, like, I don't know. It, it gets to me. Yeah. And the head game again? But that, that, that does fuck that, with you because nothing feels the get, same. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, whenever you go through, like, repetitions of doing everything the same and then, like, you're forced to, like, basically break away from all that and then just throw shit together. Yeah. That gets really hard. <laughs> okay, what about I the... Own, I want my own skin back. What about <laughs> what about the, the sports med crew? I haven't asked any of the other guys yet about this, but uh, I've been getting some calls from the boys, and they've been listening in. So how are those guys doing? Dave and Rich, the whole crew, they still the same? I heard there's a new guy that seems to be just as, as crazy as those guys. Oh, yeah. No, they're all doing good, man. They're, uh, I don't know, just fun to listen to on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> That's the hangout for people that don't know at the, at the events. That's pretty much where you'll find all the bull riders and probably because most of us are hurt and we need some help, but <laughs> yeah. lots of times it's just sitting in and listening to the stories with those guys. I miss those guys probably more than anything. <laughs> yeah. No, they're a good time. Who do you, uh, who are you looking at right now? So say a couple years down the road, you and Jess and, and the, you know, you top guys are out of the game. Who do you, who are you looking at that you think is an up and coming guy or maybe a young guy on tour, Colton Fritzlin, or maybe a Mason Taylor, who are you looking at that, that's going to be the next, uh, the big dog on the PBR tour, you think? Both of those guys that you just mentioned, they would have been my top picks. Uh, Colton's really good. Boudreaux's really good. Uh, and then Mason, you know, at I think uh, he's kind of in the same place I was in 2015. He's not quite sure how to believe in himself yet, but once he gets there, like he's going to be the real deal. And uh, he's had little short instances where he was, you know, basically proved that. But I don't know. I, I just keep waiting for him to flip a switch and, and be at the top. So that's cool. Do any of those younger guys? Do any of those younger guys lean on you a little bit once in a while? Just pick your your brain and how yeah. You- so I talk. I talked to Mason quite a bit. Uh, he's actually a pretty good buddy of mine. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've talked to him throughout the week, and he's reached out to me on meal plans and things like that. And uh, I don't know. Like, he, he's a guy that really studies the game and works at it too. So I think he'll do do big things. So on talking about meal plans, who's the cook in the house? Oh, my wife. She's uh, – I don't know. She's – I don't know. She studies the meal plans and, and counts macros and everything like that. So it makes it really easy whenever she's the one that's cooking to just sit down and eat. So uh, does Mac like that that food too? Is he good? Oh, he's 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 <laughs> all McDonald's and SpaghettiOs. Uh, <laughs> man, he doesn't care. But yeah. I don't know. that kid's got a tapeworm. He's he's super skinny. Uh, well, I got a question for you. I, I know your wife she works out a lot um yeah when you're working out with her have you ever had to look over and go go okay enough you got me i'm i'm done all the time (laughs) all the time she's every day i hate working out with her i hate working out with her because like every time i do like i embarrass myself like you think you're in good shape and then you look over and she's just cadillacing through it and you just can't do it suck it there so uh I got a question now. We're talking about uh, family and, and competition. Um, I was checking out today. I see Kate's got 114,000 Instagram followers, and you're only at 107. What's going on with that? Well, I actually, the <laughs> obvious, if anybody goes and looks, <laughs> I, the obvious is there. But uh, She's better uh, looking than me. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did you that's... ever think when you started your Instagram like uh, that no, you're going to be 100,000 in? at this point i remember when i got to like 10k i was like man this is really cool you know and uh i never thought i'd have a hundred thousand followers or anything like that and then her you know i guess 
she's super adamant about posting and uh like me i'm more of a private person like i'll post bull rides and like a few family pics and stuff like that but i mean with her like she'll tell you whatever i mean she's very open about whatever so uh you know a lot of people respect her for that yeah that's um, definitely she's, one thing she's taking my ass on instagram one thing also like that you talk about your mindset for a lot of the young guys too this is one thing that we won't keep you for a whole bunch longer, Coop. Sorry, we'll let you go pretty Oh, you're good, man. It's all good. But you guys are are totally business-minded. And one thing that you've always done is, is um, you know, Kate, if you follow her on Instagram, she has her, her own businesses. You've got your own businesses outside of bull riding. Everything that you've done inside the arena, you've put that into something outside of the arena. You're not one of those guys that has just blown all his money, spent all his money. You've been working your whole career to set yourself up for life after bull riding. So how does that kind of look outside of the arena, and what are you going to do maybe when you're done? Uh, yeah, so that's that's always been, like, my goal. So, uh, you know, the first thing I ever wanted to do was pay off my house and, you know, opening businesses, what will be successful. And uh, so – We'd always wanted to do a wedding venue and finally found the right piece of land to do that and started that up. And it's doing really well as, you know, and uh, her, it's a funny story. Cause like the first, first thing she ever wanted to do other than the, the wedding venue was do like the lashes. And uh, she was like, I know I can do it. Like it'll be successful. And I was like, well, this will be a hobby, you know? And I mean, she literally like, she does really, really good. Like with the lashes and, you know, she's she's as much of a contributor in this family as i am and that's really cool to see because you know both of us really didn't start from a whole lot and to see like what each of us is, has brought to the table is has been the best thing so uh i really look up to her in a lot of ways for that who who, who can we credit the style to and when I say that, I noticed that and Scott and I have talked about this before. When you see a young kid come to a PBR Canada event and, and you just kind of get that vibe from, right. You know, their, their pants are starched, their shirts, you know, pressed, the hat isn't, you know, pulled out of the back seat behind the seat underneath a jerry can or something. Um, I always, that's one thing I always admired about you, Cooper, is you always, you know what, there's nothing out of place, man. And uh, is yeah. that something that Kate has really pushed on you or is that just natural? Because if, if you go on either Instagram account, you guys definitely got some style. I think full it's pro. Uh, full yeah, pro. Yeah. Full pro. Yeah. I, that's the best way to put it. So where's that come from? And I've always taken a lot of pride in just being neat, I guess. Uh, and with her, you know, she's always been very influential on what I should wear at times because I mean, I am her husband, so I guess she gets to pick out my clothes from time to time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's some the, – the biggest thing that people love to say on Facebook or Instagram or whatever is like, well, Cooper Davis is a cowboy. No, I don't always wear, you know, uh, my cowboy attire, you know, but I don't know. I feel like I can do anything and and look good at the same time. I don't know. So. Yeah, it's yeah, what you do. It's not really how you look. Yeah, I've always said that too because I, yeah. I was the opposite of what Jason was just saying. I'd show up with the fucking bull riding with ripped pants and my hat on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I never but, felt like I had to look a certain way. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be approved. You don't have to have approval for anybody else as long as you're good with what you're doing. You're good to go. 
Yeah. I like it. Okay, Scott. Scott's got his infamous question that we need to get to. Well, Cooper, yeah. it's been it's been awesome chatting with you, and we all know that this is the NFP podcast. And I'm going to pose the question to you: What does hashtag NFP mean to you? Shoot, man, it just means to know you're the baddest cat out there, and I mean, that's it. You know, don't uh, don't be a pussy. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it. That's good. Well, I think that's that's good. I mean, I got we got through a lot there. I appreciate you uh, spending your spending your time with us. I know that uh, you guys always have a lot going on. You can follow Cooper and Caitlin both on uh, social medias, and you can see Cooper going fucking viral on TikTok with the uh, with the. Uh, have you guys seen that one, Jason Scott? Oh, I uh, oh I you got to see this. Okay, TikTok, yeah, it's 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 awesome, um, and it's hilarious. But so there's like these challenges that you do, and what's the, how did that one go, Cooper? Can you explain that one? Yeah, so this one was like you have to imitate like your wife or whatever, and basically like in their day to day life. So I had to pretend to be my wife, and I, I nailed it pretty good. And it was like my one, my first TikTok ever, and it got like 1.9 million views. <laughs> oh wow! So nice. like. I think I'm done with TikTok after that. <laughs> <laughs> you broke TikTok. You broke the internet. Yeah. But yeah, so everybody go follow them on there. And, and uh, that being said, us three right here and everybody with the NFP podcast, uh, you're talking about pretty much every every single episode. So we're going to be following you and rooting for you to, to, like we said, win about three more of those sheets and a bunch more uh, world titles. And yeah, we just hope that, that you keep enjoying it and keep having fun and uh we uh really really appreciate you spending the time coming on our pod yes sir and thank you guys all right brother from the nfp podcast cooper davis <laughs> <laughs>